0: it's just so important to be able to confidently articulate who you are and the value that you bring to the table and to be just to be really confident in that
1: welcome everybody this is for the love of money where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools Tips and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. This one is going to rock your world because we are talking everything interns. Lauren Berger, who I'm about to sit down with, is a genius. She is arguably the nation's most in-demand career and internship expert. So we are so lucky to have her on the show right now. She founded Intern Queen all the way back in 2009 after recognizing that somebody badly needed to connect business owners and opportunities with the interns looking for those opportunities and vice versa. Well, the result was that she's turned it into a million dollar business while helping both entrepreneurs and talented college students find that partnership that they needed so badly. Now, confession, I've always been curious about internships and how they work. And as an entrepreneur, if I was missing out on talent by not pursuing hiring interns and how it all works, do you pay them? Do you not? You know, kind of all the different things that go along with this unchartered territory for me. So we go deep answering all of my, and hopefully your, questions on uh, internships, how they work. We do some myth-busting. We myth-bust all the ideas about how internships work. And we also talk about her awesome first book, a national bestseller called All Work, No Pay. And then we get into her latest book that is also amazing called Get It together, which goes deep into many great lessons, especially how to handle rejection. Everybody needs to get better at this. Everyone needs this lesson, how to handle rejection. And we spend a lot of time giving you the tools on how to get stronger and better when it comes to handling rejection. She has been featured on the Today Show, Fox and Friends, Marie Osmond Show, the New York Times, 17 Magazine. She has literally been everywhere. So I don't take it lightly when I say it is definitely a treat to have her on our show today. So get ready, listen up, because the show is so full of valuable information. All right, Lauren, my friend, welcome on the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. You know, it's funny, we're talking offline Um, We haven't physically met yet, but your name has come up in my circle so many times and everyone speaks so highly of you. And my wife, Lori, was telling me, oh my God, you're going to love her. You're going to love this episode. I can't wait for you to do it. So I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into your world of internship today.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited too and excited to... Connect on the phone today and then eventually in person. (laughs) Yes.
1: Okay. That is guaranteed. So we start my show with rapid fire. It's kind of a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And then if there's something really good that we want to circle back around on and do a deep dive on, we'll do that. How's that sound?
0: That sounds perfect. Let's do it. All right.
1: We're going to start really easy. Where'd you grow up?
0: Clearwater, Florida.
1: And where do you live now?
0: Los Angeles in the Toluca Lake area.
1: Love it. What's your favorite quote?
0: My favorite quote, you miss... 100% of the chances you don't take.
1: Did that originate with Michael Jordan or does he just get all the credit for it?
0: I don't know. I feel like whenever I see it, it's like a Wayne Gretzky quote.
1: Oh my God.
0: I'd like to find know. out who that actually like originated with because it's so that, like, good. Attributed, yeah, yeah, to a thousand people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is one of your superpowers?
0: My superpower is my ability to handle rejection.
1: Ooh, we're going to have to circle back on that one. What's one of your favorite okay. books?
0: Um, What's one of my favorite books? I feel like I should have a, a very quick answer. And I don't. Um, I love reading memoirs and I like really cheesy memoirs like uh, like the Barbara Walters book, <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, the Michelle Obama book or books like that.
1: You know what though? You can't knock that because I learn the most from actually biographies. It's so interesting. Yeah, Instead of a book exactly. that's like I love seven hearing, steps like, of this or ten steps exactly. of that. I learn from people's journey. So that makes sense. Exactly. What's yeah. one thing you're challenged by right now?
0: I'm challenged by trying to grow and scale my business on a daily basis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we all? Um, Who's somebody who's changed your life?
0: I mean, my parents, my husband.
1: I love that. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far?
0: Well, I think just being... I think it's about like... Endurance and duration. I mean, I so this year marks um 10 years of being in business with intern queen and now I have the career queen brand. So I think that I'm I'm personally impressed that it's it's become what it is today.
1: Mm, I love that. Congratulations. Two more. What is Thanks. something generous you've done recently?
0: Something generous that I've done recently, I mean, I'm I'm constantly uh, we don't charge students anything to do unless I guess they're buying my book online or something, but we don't charge them anything. So I'm constantly on the phone with them, helping them with their resumes, speaking to them, doing whatever I can to hopefully help point them in the right direction. So I was on the phone with a student this morning. So probably that.
1: Wow, that is a seriously generous donation of your time and energy because that can really add up to quite a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you you really never know what's coming to you on the other end of the phone. You know, a student says I have a problem. You know, can I talk to you? And I you, I can't make I can't always make it happen, but when I can make it happen, I I try to. So, you know, you never really know what what problem you're going to try to solve that day, but um I try to do my best.
1: I love it. Last one, what are you grateful for today?
0: Grateful for, you know, flexibility. Um, I'm sitting here talking to you from San Diego. My office is in LA. And I think grateful to have the flexibility that I can kind of work from anywhere.
1: You know what's funny? We are so spoiled living in Southern California. Yeah, it has its challenges, but you know, you grew up in Florida. I grew up in the Midwest. I feel like Southern California, whether it's San Diego, LA area, we can't take it for granted. I wake up every day. It's literally part of my gratitude practice. Like living here is the best.
0: Right. I mean, yes, we are we are very we are very lucky here. Whenever I step step off of a plane, and ideally that's always at the Burbank Airport and not LAX. <laughs> um, I am, you know, I'm always really grateful for usually for the weather, right? Yeah. Oh and just like the pace is nice.
1: I totally know that feeling. Okay. So here's what I've been dying to ask you. You're literally known as maybe one of the foremost experts in the world on interns and internships. Obviously you've got the book to back it up, all the accolades to, to back it up. How in the world did you end up with this being your niche?
0: Great question. So um, when I was in when I was in college, I had 15 internships, which is you know, really uncommon and unique uh, to my experience. And I, I always kind of preface this um, for any student listeners that, you know, when it comes to internships, it's all about the quality, not the quantity. So I did choose to have fifteen internships, which is a lot. Home but from should every be normal. I would say aim for two to three under your belt before you graduate. Okay, but fifteen is, is a little bit much. But that was again unique to my experience. And with every internship, I learned so much about myself, both personally and professionally. And I just wanted more information. And whenever I would seek out information on internships, there was nothing. You know, there were no books, there were no good websites. Like it was just a big hole of no information. And so, like like many other entrepreneurs. I I kind of found a gap in the marketplace. And I said, you know what? I'm now graduating college. I've had 15 internships under my belt. I can certainly speak to what I've learned through trial and error. And so I started creating content around internships. And that's really how the idea of Intern Queen was born.
1: It's incredible. Why did you personally seek 15 internships in college?
0: You know, I went to a really large university. I started at Florida. I'm from Florida, so I started at Florida State. I ended at UCF. Uh, Central Florida is the second largest school in the U.S. And I think when you're in an environment like that, you're you're not given a lot of personal attention. You know, you're one of 200 people in a class. You're not identified by your name. You're known as like a long, you know, student pin number, (laughs) and when I was at an internship, I was one of four, and I got a lot of personal attention, and I had a lot of mentors that were challenging me in ways that I wasn't being challenged in the classroom. So I think that I really connected to those experiences, and it was really kind of that light bulb moment for me. I think a lot of young people get lost at really big schools. It's hard to kind of find your way and find your niche and get motivated get motivated and get inspired. But my internships were really... Kind of the tool that did all of those things for me and kind of took me from being a lazy college student <laughs> to what I call like an ambitious monster who was just ready to seek out, you know, any and every opportunity.
1: We oh got I love it. What was your favorite internship?
0: So I had, a, I had a bunch of great ones. I interned at um, Fox, the Television Network, NBC, MTV, um, BWR, Public Relations. My favorite was, uh, there used to be a television show called The Daily Buzz. It was on in over 100 markets nationwide. So kind of like a, a very lifestyley version of The Today Show. I actually remember and it. They- yeah, they they filmed in um, Orlando, Florida, ironically, and that's where I was going to school. So it was a really different experience because, well, it was a morning show, so we had to be at the internship at like four in the morning. So my my roommates would be having parties, and I would be leaving at three thirty, saying, "Bye guys, I'm going to my, oh my internship God, stepping now." Stepping over the
1: bodies, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly. They thought I was nuts. But the other interns and I really bonded because of the hectic schedule. And I just think that if you're someone that's interested in broadcasting and marketing and writing and entertainment and communications, there's so much that goes into putting a morning show together and you just get to learn so many different facets of the business. So I loved that internship.
1: In all the interns, did you find a favorite mentor? Were they also at the Daily Buzz or was that a different one?
0: I did, you know, it's interesting. I did find a lot of mentors, some of which I'm still in touch with today um, from the Daily Buzz. But I think at the different internships, you know, there's, I always say you do it for the click. And there are certain people that you just click with. So it's important to always kind of put yourself out there and be open to different relationships because you never know who those professionals are going to be that really take a genuine interest in your professional development. And, you know, mentors don't come around easy, right? You could, you could have, five internships and just, you know, not really have that special click with someone and that's okay. Um, But when you find that mentor, that person that wants to be continually invested in your career path, hold on to it tight. All
1: right. So I find this fascinating both from a student perspective and from uh, the perspective of an employer like I am. So what does this do for students being able to have these mentorships, being able to have these internships?
0: Yeah, well, I think with an internship, right, you are placing yourself smack dab in the middle of either a company that you might want to work at after college or just in an industry that you might want to work in. So maybe you want to work in the magazine industry in New York and you're interning at a small magazine in Orlando, Florida. That's great experience because ideally at the end of that internship, you're going to figure out if this is for you or not. And you're going to have this whole new skill set that you can put on your resume. So I think it's just a matter of a uh, again, placing yourself smack dab in the middle of where you might wanna be and having that opportunity to say, I like this or I don't like this. And if you don't like it, it's okay. Like it's a short term internship. Internships are typically only a semester long. So they're eight to 12 weeks total. And at the end of it, you know, you move on to the next thing. So I think internships are great. And then of course you're also building your Rolodex of relationships at a really young age, which is great because these might be the people that help you get a job after graduation. And in terms of a mentor, you know, mentors don't come along with internships. And I want to make sure people understand that. Like, you know, again, like mentors, I'm a little, I feel like I'm I'm a little bittersweet (laughs) about mentors because I never I had people that helped me. It's not like I didn't have people that were helpful. I did throughout my internships, but I didn't really find people that were like Consistently interested in connecting with me and, you know, hearing about my journey until I was a few years into running my own business. Mm. So, if you find a mentor, great, hold on tight. But if you don't, like, that's okay. Just continue to be open to it and, you know, take every opportunity to meet and connect with new people. And like, someone will eventually kind of click with you in that way.
1: Yeah. So, don't be expecting to get one out of it. Like, don't go into it for a relationship.
0: Yeah, right. You do the internship for the experience, for the connections, but as 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 I'm sure you know, like every every connection isn't necessarily a mentor, right? In fact, most connections are the opposite, right? They're they're not mentors necessarily. But yeah.
1: So, right. so I've got a confession to make and, and this is probably okay. a confession on behalf of the bulk majority of my listeners because the bulk majority okay. of them are entrepreneurs like you and I. So, right. the idea of having interns and not having to pay for them intrigues myself and I think every single entrepreneur. It almost seems like you're getting away with something. But I also think most of us are intimidated by it because we have all these questions like, where do you find them? Is it a complicated process? You know, Why do they stay with you a long time? Why isn't this a violation of employment law? So how can you speak to us, the entrepreneurs? How can you kind of paint a picture of our role in this and why we should or should not do it?
0: Yes, hello entrepreneur listeners. I can do some myth busting for you. <laughs> yes, please, like myth bust away. <laughs> yeah, so okay, I think there's a couple misconceptions here. You know, the first is in terms of the whole like paid versus unpaid intern thing. My advice as a, you know, I'm an I'm a I don't even know if I'm young anymore. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> I've been in business for 10 years. Um, you know, my business does, you know, give or take a million dollars in revenue every year, right? So it's not 10 million. It's it's about 1 million in revenue, right? And we've been paying our interns. And I highly encourage you. And I know it's another budget item. I know, but I highly encourage you to just pay, just pay the intern. It's going to make your life easier, and it's going to help you find better, um, you know, higher quality students. Just pay the interns. Pay them minimum wage. You know, you can um, run them through your system as an employee. And I would just do it that way. I think it's so much easier and again this is these are short term hires you know these are people that are going to work for you for 8 to 12 weeks that's it so i say pay your interns it will actually make your life easier when you have an unpaid intern i think sometimes there's a little bit of a lack of a lack of a commitment there mm. in terms of the rules so it's really important that if you're going to employ interns that you familiarize yourself with the fair labor standards act you guys can google it the flsa flsa right just google that and under the fair labor standards act there are six criteria that you must follow if you are choosing to not pay your interns so it's not illegal to not pay interns that's not true but you have to abide by these six pieces of criteria and really and and the criteria is gray you know it's kind of left open for interpretation which is really frustrating right and i've talked to the us department of labor about this and they're not fixing it anytime soon. So, <laughs> you know, it's really up to us to interpret this data or this information that's um, kind of laid out for us. But something really important I want to uh, point out to entrepreneurs is that. Interns should, paid or unpaid, should not be used as your sales force. So I have a lot of entrepreneurs call me and say, "Well, I'm just going to have an intern do all my sales for me." An intern should not be directly connected to the revenue of your business. They can indirectly support your business, of course. You know, they can help with research or prospecting or social media or databases. But they should not be your salespeople. So if that's your strategy, hire a part-time worker for that. You know, not an intern. A couple other things are, I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. That are, they think that interns are like the easy way. You know, I'm either not going to pay them or I'm going to pay them really little and they're just going to run everything. It's not going to work. You know, A, interns are short term. They shouldn't be staying with you for more than a semester. And the start date and the end date should be very clearly outlined at the beginning of the internship. They should know when the start date is and when the end date is. Their hours should be clear. You don't want to leave any fuzzy details when you're dealing with college students. This is their first time having a professional commitment. So you want to be really careful about that. and um, again, short term, they don't stay with you for forever and ever. but a lot of people will call me in March and say, I want an intern and I really try to be strict about saying, you know, no, we're going to make sure the intern aligns with the school semester. you know this isn't about a quick fix for your company. it's about you know a great opportunity you know a great experience for a student and it has to align. So again, you know, An intern is not a quick fix. In fact, sometimes an intern actually impedes the the daily operations of your business. And I think you have to be ready for that. So if you're a one-man show and you're listening to this podcast and you're traveling all the time and you're never in one place, I would actually discourage you from getting an intern because how are you going to manage this person? And an internship is a supervised learning experience. So unless you have a person dedicated on your team that can manage this intern and make sure they have a task, from you know when they start to when they finish that day, then you're not ready for an intern. So again, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I think that again, there's this myth that like, oh, an intern is a quick fix, and it's actually not. I mean, managing we usually have one to two interns every semester, and like, it's a lot of work.
1: So it's not for a solopreneur in 99 of the cases. I don't,
0: I don't think so. And I may have I may have thought you know my advice on that or my thoughts on that may have been different a couple years back, but I really don't think so.
1: This it's a so lot good, of work by the way. to
0: manage. Yeah, it's a lot of a, well, you know, Chris, it's a lot of work to manage anybody, right? Yep. <laughs> like in twenty nineteen, managing anybody is hard, but managing a college student that doesn't have that professional experience yet, like that's even harder. So I just I don't know that a solopreneur is ready for that.
1: You're already clarifying so much for myself and for the listeners, by the way. Like you have no idea how valuable oh, this good. is to you. It probably <laughs> feels like old hat to us, this is massively valuable because I get these type of questions all the time from listeners and and from people in the mastermind, et cetera. Like, are we missing out on free labor? I know that probably makes you cringe, but that's the the way I get the question. No, yeah, I hear it. My first
0: book is called All Work, No Pay. I understand. (laughs) exactly.
1: So you're absolutely like painting this really valuable picture for us in answering so many questions. So here's a fear that kind of comes up for me. Um, and by the way, great job clarifying. It's not for the solopreneur. It's really for somebody, a company with more structure and someone that's mm-hmm. going to be able to kind of train up and, and help lead that um, intern. So that might lead into this question. But my yep. fear is this. If you're switching every eight to 12 weeks for an internship, my fear is that we're always going to be training. And by the time they start doing a good job, they're gone. And that's kind of the opposite of what I want in in my business. Can you speak to that a little bit?
0: Yeah and what I would yes so i mean you're you're right <laughs> essentially you're right especially summer internships those are really short sometimes they don't start until you know that's what if you if you are planning on hiring an intern um you should for anybody listening, you should be thinking about summer intern hires now. It's certainly not too late. A summer intern would start after Memorial Day and would continue through the first week of August. But think about that. That's not a lot of time, right? That's basically the month of June and July. So I think it's, if you are going to bring on an intern, I think it's really Important to have a really turnkey internship program, you know, with a really clear list of like, okay, we're going to have them in for what we do at Intern Queen is we have one day of training before their actual internship hours start. And I have one person on my team, it's actually our executive assistant, who's in charge of making sure that if any of our team members want to utilize the intern, they have to send in their request like a day before. And then if she sees that the intern isn't going to have enough work, then it's her job to make sure that she figures out what that intern's going to do. That way when the intern comes in every day, there's a point of contact, they have a small check-in meeting, they go over the tasks, and then at the end of the day, the intern has to report back. So, I, I guess what I would um, you know, going back to your question, um, you want to have a really turnkey program, and you want to make sure you're not giving the intern any projects that are too long term to where it's going to inconvenience you when they leave. So I would think of it as like support tasks. And also, okay, if a college student wants to putting yourself in their shoes, right? If a college student is going to come work for you and get a really good experience and be able to leave and say, you know, this is what it's like to work with someone like Chris. You know, what what are those things that this person should learn. Like what are what are the checklists of activities? And okay, how could they help me with our, you know, whether obviously social media is really popular for interns to help with, or with our research, or with our events that are coming up or with coordinating the upcoming mastermind or whatever it might be. So um hopefully maybe that's (laughs) kind of helpful to answer your question.
1: You've actually you've added so much clarity. I kind of now know who this is for, who it's not. If you, you know, say yes to one Lean towards paying them, not paying them. Uh, how would you make it efficient? The training piece and what types of responsibility? I have so much clarity in this short amount of time. It's it's not even funny. So thank you. Oh, for good. That. And I- the
0: other thing that I would add in, Chris, too, is that if you're really if you really want to kind of test someone and then decide if you want to keep them long term, you could always really focus your internship search on getting um, seniors. So, for example, if you had an intern right now at your company or You know, who was a senior and they're in their spring semester. So they're about to graduate in May. That's perfect timing because you're basically using the internship as like a testing ground, you know, to see if they're the right fit for your company. And that way, come the end of May, you guys would decide internally if you want to offer this person a full time role. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a trick as well. And if anybody needs help finding the internships on internqueen.com, a big piece of our business is that companies post internships on our website and then students you know, students apply for the opportunity. So I can definitely be a resource for people that are like, okay, I want to do this, but where do I start?
1: Internqueen.com. We're going to make sure that we put that in show notes because a lot of people are going to be using that. I can tell you that right now yeah, from, from that's this great. episode. By the way, if you have any amazing graphic artists or motion graphics <laughs> interns that live around the Santa Monica area, you know you have to send them to Lori and I now, right?
0: No, I didn't know that before, but this is great news. Okay, yes. there we
1: go. This All is right. wonderful,
0: and it's and like I said, it's perfect timing too.
1: Perfect. Okay, so now I want to turn the spotlight on you a little bit. When did you know that you wanted to monetize this expertise, this this experience that you had, the fifteen internships?
0: You know, that's a good question. I always say that uh, when I was in college, no one, as silly as this might sound, no one ever said to me this could be a business. You know, I think today there's a lot more entrepreneurship training that happens at the colleges. But I, I feel like I ne- that never clicked for me that this passion could really be a business probably until I was um, a little bit unhappy unhappy in my first job so i graduated college in florida i moved out to los angeles i had an idea to do something with intern queen but i didn't really know what it was my parents said we're not giving you any we're not giving you money mm-hmm. so go figure it out so i moved to la my first job was actually at caa the talent agency and i was in a really interesting situation at caa where if you work at caa It's the coolest place to be, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody there drinks the Kool-Aid. CAA is a talent agency for anybody that doesn't know. (laughs) They represent movie stars, rock stars, athletes, everybody. And so working there, it was, again, it was just a very cool, I'm doing air quotes right now, but cool (laughs) environment. And I felt really disconnected from it. And I didn't know why, because here I was in this cool place, but why wasn't I excited to do the cool work that went along with the cool place? Mm -hmm. And it was because I couldn't stop thinking about my intern queen idea. And um, I think I actually suffered a lot of um, unhappiness, right? And before I realized, wait a second. I, I need to follow this gut feeling and I need to give this intern queen thing a shot. And you know, over time I slowly realized what, what that meant from a business perspective. But I think it took, you know, an experience being really unhappy in my in my job and really feeling like I didn't have a lot in common with the people around me. I think it took that experience to kind of push me in the direction of actually starting this thing and figuring out a way to monetize it.
1: You know what's interesting? This was like you said, was this was not a thing. That people were monetizing, right? This was not a sector that people were saying, wait, this is a career helping match the entrepreneur to the interns and teaching about it, and writing about it, the whole nine. Years. So, what's been the toughest part of you turning this into a thriving seven-figure business?
0: So I think cash flow-wise, when you're when you're limited with cash flow, you tend to make decisions based on where the money is. And you can't really make decisions (laughs) based on anything else. So I think, you know, there are a lot of challenges that can come along with Intern Queen and growing the business. But I think one of the biggest challenges was like, um, and also one of my biggest strengths, probably is that because I've never had that like, you know, just like net of of money, <laughs> right? Um I've had to make really cautious decisions, and I've really had to follow the money. and that's been both like a a strength and a weakness in trying to monetize this thing. But my business really changed maybe three years in when instead of just doing internship postings, we started our college marketing agency. It's called the iQ agency, and we basically, leverage our network and brands hire us when they want to connect with college students from a marketing perspective so we leverage our audience and they act as brand ambassadors for some of the coolest brands on the planet so that was a real big shift in my business model and has really helped us take the business from you know something that was bringing in a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to you know a million and hopefully up from there
1: that's interesting what What change, if any, have you seen in your own personal money mindset as you've had to bootstrap your way through growing a sector that really didn't exist?
0: In a lot of ways, it's the same, right? Like we still have to be super cautious in our decision making. But I guess the big difference now is that we're able to take some of the profits from this campus agency business and put it towards like our our intern queen brand, which is essentially the reason why we have such a powerful engaged network. But in the in the past and previously speaking, we weren't able to put a lot of money behind that because, well, frankly, there was no money. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's been, I guess, a big change. And and like this is all relatively new. Like we just um, hit a million dollars in revenue last year, so this is all really new for us. And you know, it does give you it gives you flexibility, right? It, yeah. it, it allows you to experiment a little bit more. But what I learned from my no investment backbone is that like you always test and learn. You know, I would never just take like a large sum of money and throw it at something. That is and, so like, smart. Cross my fingers, right? And hope it works. And I think that if I was given a ton of money when I was 24 years old, I probably would have done that and I would have failed miserably. <laughs> but um, you know, because I never had that luxury, I know that like you test and learn. And if it, you know, if you can prove if you can prove your concept, then you can throw a bunch of money at it.
1: Let me tell you how smart of advice that is. When we reached a point where I had extra money to I don't want to say throw away, that's the wrong term, but where I didn't have to be as cautious, Mm -hmm. I found myself doing the opposite of what you're teaching. And this is really important to be aware of is I would say, oh my God, this launch is a brilliant idea. I'll tell you what, the budget for Facebook ads on this is is 75 grand and we'd spend 75 grand in a week Mm -hmm. and have a failed launch, right? And it was like this confidence along with the ability to do something like that, just throwing it against the wall- thinking it's going to stick. And this whole test and learn, this cautious approach, this intelligent approach kind of went out the window. So what you're saying, if people find themselves in that situation where they're forced to test and learn, it's, you know, consider that a blessing. And then once you reach a situation where you're not in that phase anymore, which is where you're at now, re- retain or keep that really cautious habit because it's what's going to keep you a lean and mean business. Right. So you said one of your superpowers was handling rejection how has that played a role in your business? And where did that superpower come from? Because let's be honest, that is a weakness for 9 out of 10 listeners.
0: Right. Absolutely. And it, so, so my, I know I talked about my internship book before. So my new book is called Get It Together. And the, the little tagline is ditch the chaos, do the work, design your success. And it's all... I wrote this book I love book it, because, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. And I wrote this book because I felt like we are all just too busy. Like, we're too busy. We are too obsessed with having plans and FOMO. And we all just need to get out of our own way. You know, I was tired of. Being rejected all the time, dealing with it in a negative way, being at the office for hours, feeling like I got nothing done, and just feeling blah, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't have it together. So, a big part of this book, uh, I have, I think it's chapter three, it's all on coping with rejection and failure. And I feel like if anyone is going to try to get it together, personally or professionally you have to be ready to cope with failure and rejection because failure could be any failure could be like losing your wallet you know mm-hmm. you can really get hard on yourself with that and rejection can be i mean rejection could be personal of course or it can be professional and i think whenever we try to improve ourselves and better ourselves we always face failure and rejection so knowing how to deal with it is so important i think i learned how to deal with it or how to grow a thick skin, actually, when I was an intern. Because I would apply for all these internships, all the fancy ones in New York City and LA, and I was constantly rejected. And I just put out more and more applications. And the more rejections I got, I really tried to use that to put more out there and to kind of remind myself to keep going. And I always found success at the end of the road. So I took that lesson that I learned in college, and and I've tried to apply it as as best I can today as a business owner. And um, I do think there's this myth that at the beginning of your career, you're rejected all the time and then you find this like success box and you're no longer rejected. And that couldn't be further from the truth. As a quote unquote successful business person, I'm rejected daily. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more you put yourself out there, the more you're rejected. So, and some of the rejections hurt and some of them don't, but learning how to deal with it in a healthy way is, is just so crucial.
1: Okay, I'm so excited about this book because this is exactly what entrepreneurs need to learn. What is one of your specific tips on coping with failure and rejection that you share in chapter three?
0: Yeah. So one of the things I talk about a lot is just kind of knowing yourself and knowing your needs. And I always, whenever I'm speaking to a group, I always say like, let's think about a time when you've been rejected, even in the past two weeks, and something you did that made you feel better. And I always love hearing everybody's responses. Like for me, as silly as it sounds, sometimes I just need to jump in the shower and like shower it off, Mm -hmm. right? And literally like get the rejection off of me. I also recommend, I think if you're, a lot of us are sitting at our desk all day and then the rejection email comes across the screen but you don't even have time to process because you have a sales call coming up in 5 minutes. And so when situations like that happen, I really recommend just like taking a deep breath, putting it away, closing that email, making yourself a note to deal with it later and and trying to really keep the show moving. Like the show must go on and reminding yourself of that no matter what happens and literally push yourself through your day. The the worst thing you can do is let it like Take away your whole day and ruin your plan. So stick to the script, keep going, put it in a box, and you'll deal with it later. And another just quick tip is like, you don't have to have a trigger finger response. Um, I have an example in my book about this uh, specifically, but I had a, we do an event series. Every summer, called the Intern Queen Party. So it's coming up soon. And we always have to find it. We always find sponsors for it. And any entrepreneurs that are listening that know the sponsorship world, you know, it's an annual event. So every year, got to figure it out. But we had a sponsor, a big department store sponsor for three years. And um, when I was writing the book, ironically, I got a big rejection email from them saying that they were going to pull out of the event series for that coming year. And that was one of those emails that, like, really hurt, you know? And it's, Something and I'm tangenting a little bit, Chris. So I'll no, lean you're not. On you to this keep, me, so good, keep me on track. But uh, like something that I've had to deal with as someone who's been in business now for ten years is that often the people that make you so happy and give you a yes, three years later they're the same people that give you a no, Ooh. and that's a weird thing to deal with. Yeah. Because you feel like you have this person who believes in you and is in your court. They said yes to you. They, you know brought all these great things, you're right. And now they're kind of taking it away. But you don't want to sour that relationship because at this point, it's probably a little bit personal. Yeah. So like, that's that's a weird thing to deal with, right? How'd and you, I actually How did you personally deal with that?
1: How did you personally handle that situation when the sponsor pulled <laughs> so out? So
0: with that situation, I left it I let it sit for about 3 days. And I used to think that that was a flaw, but I think it's okay. Like you got to take your time and again, you don't want to trigger finger response and you want to respond when you're in a better kind of state of mind. So I gave myself 3 days to kind of breathe it out and when I felt like I was in a more confident place about it. I wrote a really nice email back and I just went the kill him with kindness route. And Mm. I thanked him for the partnership. And I literally have the entire email in chapter three of the book that I wrote back because I wanted- yeah cuz I wanted readers to like literally see like step by step what I wrote. But you know, I really w- w- took the high road and I said I appreciate his email and his transparency and that I hope to keep the the door open for the future. And and I've continued to stay in touch with him and I think that's key. Like when those situations happen, Actually stay in touch because people are gonna think like, oh, they're not gonna talk to me anymore now. No, prove them wrong. You know, three months later, send a check-in, wish them a happy holidays and you know, keep that contact and relationship going.
1: I love that because at the end of the day, even though they're not giving you capital capital, it's still relationship capital. They might have an introduction that will benefit you later or something along those lines. So that absolutely. Is such and good I can advice. take
0: that three years of you know, that three-year-long relationship, and I can use that as a case study to help get, you know, similar brands on board in the future.
1: So good. One of the things we talk about a lot on the show is generosity. And in going that direction a little bit, would you say that it is an act of generosity on behalf of the employer or an act of generosity on behalf of the intern for their time or both when this relationship happens?
0: I think when the relationship happens the right way, it's both. It's the student, because even if the student is getting paid typically, unless it's a finance intern, um, they're, they're not getting paid that well. So I think the student is lending their time. and I think if you're, smart, I think smart employers also lean on their interns expertise. Like I'm telling you, I had my intern in the office the other day, and I said to her, I was like, "Mila, let me see your phone. I want to see what apps you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Show me your cool apps because I don't know what photo editing apps are cool. And yeah. it's important for all of us to have great, you know, visuals on Instagram and things like that. So, um, I think it's it's on the students' part to lend their time and expertise, and I think it's on the employers' part too to give them a great experience and make sure that you're, you know, not only giving them great work and great projects to do and kind of a compelling experience, but also being available. And answering questions. Um, just another quick tip. Every so every Monday morning we have a staff meeting and we have our intern happens to intern on Mondays. And so at the end of every staff meeting, I I call it mandatory intern questions. And the intern knows it's coming and the intern has to ask a business related question. She can ask anybody on the team. It, it can be about how something is run, but they have to ask a question. And I I Push that because I think it's so important for these students to, you know, ask their questions and learn how things are done and, and the behind the scenes that they might not be seeing on a day to day.
1: That is so awesome. That's so good. Do you think that charities use, use a lot of interns or do you see charities using a lot of interns because it's a yes. cost effective way to get a charity off the ground?
0: I don't necessarily see a lot of them doing it to get the charity off the ground, but I see a lot of them um, utilizing interns once the charity is already established to help with day to day operations, to staff up events, to you know manage their members and things like that.
1: It's smart. We have a lot of listeners that have small foundations that they've started that they're trying to grow. So I was wondering how do interns kind of fit into that world? So what about you? How has generosity played a, a role in your success?
0: my whole platform is built on helping people get from where they are to where they want to be. So we have internqueen.com, which is like our 15 to 22-year-old network. Then we have careerqueen.com, which we launched recently, which is uh, advice for people in jobs one through five after college. So it's kind of our 22 to 40 demo. And I mean, the whole thing is just Free advice, essentially. So I think that generosity is sort of built into into my platform. I decided really early on that I didn't want to charge students to access our advice on our on our websites and platforms because I felt like as a college student you're already um, you know you already have a lot of financial strains on you, and um, I didn't want this to be another one. Um, I really wanted the you know financial support from the business to come from brands and and companies looking for this talent. So. Again, I think generosity is kind of built into my platform. But I will tell you that just because I know these are some great entrepreneurs that are listening, you know, it is a struggle sometimes because. (laughs) So when I first started Intern Queen, going back to like 2009, when it was just me and my computer and this new business idea like i wanted to help students and give them advice all day long but i very quickly realized that if i was going to sit on the phone and give students advice and not charge anything <laughs> then like i needed to i needed to figure out how to make money quickly right and so i do have to i think we all want to be generous and we all want to pay it forward but we do have to find ways to do that that fit into our businesses so for example for me I try to make sure that I'm scheduling at least like one to two mentorship calls a week with students because I get so many emails from people that want me to look at look at my resume, do this, do this, do this, and that's great. But you know, you also try to find ways to like easily answer those questions and scale that out. Whether it's like having a you know a copy pasted template response or pointing people to certain YouTube videos that exist, because at this point I already have ans- answers to most of their questions, and most of them are on my YouTube channel. <laughs> so you know, someone the other day is like, can you can You get on the phone with me and talk about cover letter advice, like that probably wouldn't have been the best use of my time. Instead, I just sent her like three awesome links to my videos and I said, Watch these and then let me know if you have questions. So I do think like you want to be generous, but you also have to protect your time and make sure you're serving yourself and your business and your audience. So
1: that is such a good example. And that is like such great advice right there. Be generous, but not to a fault. Be efficient with your generosity. That's really right. good. I love that. Okay, so where can we find you and where can we find the new book, Get It Together?
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, I'm everywhere, but on Instagram, <laughs> I have three accounts. My personal account is at official Lauren Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R. And then I have at intern queen, and at official career queen. So I know it's a little bit confusing, three Instagrams. Um, our websites are internqueen.com and careerqueen.com. And then my new book, Get It Together, which I think the entrepreneurial audience you have will really enjoy, um, is everywhere. It's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble. So um, go check it out and let me know what you think.
1: I actually love the advice and the way you lay out your Instagram on at internqueen, the one with the blue check mark there. Um, it's really, yeah. it's just a great page to follow and you give really good advice on that. So everybody Thank go you. For, for check her out there. All right. So last question. I ask everyone this question and I'll kind of set it up for you. Obviously, at this point, you're a seven-figure earner. You're very successful. You've carved out your success out of a a niche that really wasn't there before. So you've had to be very unapologetic to get there. So why should should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success?
0: Yeah. I think that it's just so important to be able to confidently articulate who you are, and the value that you bring to the table and to be just to be really confident in that and i think that the more confident you are and and that doesn't mean you have to be like loud and obnoxious about it but it's just so important to be able to clearly articulate who you are what you do and why it's valuable to whoever you're pitching and i think that you know you just got to kind of go out there put your blinders on you know you you take in advice from other people and you consider it you can't take everyone's advice right and you just got to kind of you got to go and you know don't let anything um get in your way don't i talk about this in the book but like don't get stuck getting ready to get ready mm. you know um to your point chris you got to be unapologetic and and just go for what you want and i run a company called intern queen so if I can if I can turn this <laughs> into a seven figure business then all of you listeners can do anything that you want to do oh
1: my god I love that what permission and how empowering I absolutely love that Lauren thank you so much for your time you're your expertise, your advice. I got to be honest, you cleared a lot of stuff up for me. Like I actually feel like I understand this world of internships and should I participate? Should I not? So you've actually done an outstanding job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody go check out her new book, Get It Together. We'll make sure that there are links to everything that you talked about in the show notes. So thank you, Lauren, so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you.